in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News Today. The Austin Police Department continues to investigate what it is calling a homicide this morning. It's after staff found a man dead at a North Austin hotel last night. Thanks for joining us. I'm Tom Miller. And I'm Dela Washington. And for Sally Hernandez, sources tell us that someone stabbed that man. Police believe he was staying at the N-Town Suites. This is in North Austin, right off of U.S. Highway 183. So this is what the scene looked like last night. We got there and our uh, cameras were able to see some police officers out there in that parking lot in front. Officers not sharing any more information about the man or any information about a suspect either. Now by KXAN's count, this is the ninth homicide of the year so far in Austin. First warning weather with meteorologist Kristen Curry. Well, good morning to you. Let's start with a live look down in Hayes County. Buta, this is the view from our Rock and Dirt Yard camera there. I-35 looking good in this stretch. We do have another round of low clouds this morning. Fog isn't quite as widespread out in the hill country as what it was yesterday. Still kind of dealing with some data issues from overnight, but you can see what the contours right now. Gillespie County still dealing with fog, but temperature wise, I'm seeing 60s out there across the board. 60 to burn it, 66 Marble Falls, 66 in Bastrop, 64 in Dripping Springs. Now, from those 60s this morning, we've got temperatures this afternoon climbing well above average. Even by lunchtime, we expect to be at 80 degrees, but we don't stop there with the morning clouds clearing and that afternoon sunshine kicking in. We've got a high of 87 today. Hard to believe that there's actually a cold front coming in today as well. So in your first warning forecast, we'll break down the impacts of this cold front, which will eventually bring us some cooler temperatures, yes, but it's still going to be nice. And there's a second cold front in the back end of the seven days. So a lot to discuss coming up in your first morning forecast. Thank you, Chris. We want to give a heads up to you. If you're waking up this morning looking at your phone and wondering why it's not working, well, if you have AT&T, you are not alone in this problem. KXAN staff, along with a lot of people online, reporting they don't have a signal. They're seeing that SOS signal instead of bars where you normally see how much service you have. We have reached out to AT&T. We've also checked in with NBC News in New York and are waiting to hear back on if this is a bigger problem that we'll continue to report on. All right. Well, new overnight. An Amber Alert is out for a missing teen from the Houston area. Harris County Sheriff's Office there is looking for 13-year-old Cecilia Alvarado. She has black hair and brown eyes. Police believe that someone abducted her and that she is in immediate danger. If you have any information, you should call the Harris County Sheriff's Department. Austin spent millions of dollars to fight homelessness over the years. They're building shelters, cleaning up camps, and giving out grants to nonprofits for help. But now... There is a new company that says it has an app that can help. Pretty cool. This app, it tracks where camps are popping up. And Nabil Ramada shows us how it works and why the community can help figure out how the big issue uh, and how dire it could be. Hidden in the woods, camps like this are scattered throughout Austin. From like the north side down to the far south side. Tents, structures, they vary in size and how many people are living in them. It's hard to quantify and that is in in a sense the the, the the nature of the problem there wasn't ever really a clear picture of is this getting better is this getting worse morgan winters and trevor sorrels are working to figure that out with their new app 
Nomadic AI. It documents and maps out homeless camps in Austin. What we want to do is provide that data layer so that the nonprofits, the city, can actually effectively manage their resources to tailor their solutions. Anyone can help document the camps. There's a population counter, a camp counter, chemicals, any sort of drug paraphernalia that people need to be aware of. A camera pops up when you open the app, allowing users to take a picture or video of what they're seeing. And the user base is uh is, is comprised of uh, individuals experiencing homelessness as well as business owners as well as everybody across the board. The entire city should be involved. On the map you can drop a point, tell us what's going on. You can also take inventory of camps so that makes it a little bit easier for people to go through and say like, hey this many people are here, the debris level is this high, recommend cleanup. So far they've documented more than 140 camps. They've also added ways for people experiencing homelessness to request help. We want them to be able to request resources. We want to partner with nonprofits in the city such that they can say, hey, I would like shelter, and someone can actually come find them and take them to that shelter. Painting a better picture to help get a better understanding of how large this issue is. We don't want people to just, like, taking pictures. It's not for voyeurism. It's actually to encourage people to like, get involved and actually try to help. Nabil Ramadna, KXAN News. The app's developers are testing it for bugs and other issues before it is released, and they are aiming to do that uh, sometime in March. The founders also say they hope to partner with some local nonprofits. Going in depth, more than 2,400 people are experiencing homelessness in Austin. Of those, nearly 1,300 were sleeping outside or in cars, and more than 1,100 were sleeping in shelters or transitional housing. This is all according to last year's most recent point-in-time count from the Ending Community Homelessness Coalition, or ECHO. Now, the count is an estimate, but the group does believe it is likely an undercount and that more than 4,500 people are likely unsheltered on any given night. The survey determines how much federal funds are needed to address homelessness. If you haven't already, it's time to get out and vote. Polls for early voting open in a couple hours. There are 12 days left until Election Day, and only less than 1% of registered voters in Travis County have cast a ballot so far. Little more than 6,000 people. The last day to vote early is Friday, March 1st. The upcoming Dripping Springs City election has been canceled. City says races for mayor, council member place two, and council member place four are no longer happening. And this is because those candidates are all unopposed. Those seats are going to remain the same, and the mayor and council members will be sworn in for their terms on May 7th. Coming up, a black high school student punished for refusing to change his hairstyle at a Texas school. Why this isn't the first time the school has been under fire for the issue. Plus, what led up to the emotional resignation of the, the in the middle of Del Valley ISD's school board meeting. Good morning, everyone. Happy Thursday. You're watching KXAN News Today. Happy to be here with you bright and early. Your time now. At 439, I guess I should say dark and early. That's right. Showing you a live picture from Buda. Traffic moving nicely out there. We're going to check in with uh, meteorologist Kristen Curry in just a bit for a look at our forecast. But first, today a state judge near Houston will hear the case of a black high school student punished for refusing to change his hairstyle. Daryl George's family says that his choice to have dreadlocks is protected by the Crown Act. That law forbids race-based hair discrimination. The Barbers Hill Independent School District says the dreadlocks violate the dress code, though. The district wants clarification now from the judge, and the school previously clashed with another black student over the dress code. So this has been a problem before. 
In 2020, Barbers Hill administrators told that student he had to cut his dreadlocks to return to school or participate in graduation. Turning now to some big news out of Alabama, a large Alabama hospital has paused in vitro fertilization after the state's all Republican Supreme Court ruled frozen embryos are the legal equivalent of children. The University of Alabama at Birmingham Hospital is evaluating the potential that patients and physicians could be prosecuted criminally or even face punitive damages for following the standard of care for IVF treatments. Now, for clarification, IVF is a possible solution for women or couples having trouble getting pregnant. It involves retrieving eggs and combining them in a lab dish with sperm to create a fertilized embryo. The embryo is then transferred into the woman's uterus or frozen in an attempt to create a pregnancy. The ruling is prompting concern about the future of IVF treatments in Alabama and how it might impact anti-abortion laws in other states, of course, like Texas. Still ahead, Austin continues its turbulent relationship with its land development code, why some local builders are concerned about the new home ordinance. And a war brewing in the state's highest criminal courts, why the Texas Attorney General is going against conservative Texas judges. Texas and Texas Tech last night at Moody, and this one was a battle from start to finish. And the head coach of the Longhorns was not happy afterwards. I've got it for you coming up. Good morning, this is a live look outside from Buda, our rock and dirt yard camera showing traffic coming along there. We're gonna have a full traffic report looking up and down I-35 in Central Texas in about 15 minutes. First though, some Austin builders are concerned about what is going on with the new home ordinance. That code governs what can be built and where, where you live. City leaders, they point to uh, fixing that code as one of the keys to allowing more affordable housing. But major changes leaders have made in the past have actually succumbed to lawsuits and it has left behind a messy code. One that hasn't had a significant overhaul in nearly four decades. City leaders are hoping that their latest round of changes in the home ordinance won't meet that same fate and they've plugged loopholes to try and ensure that's the case. Still, as KXAN's Grace Reader explains, some builders worry history will repeat itself. After the city of Austin started taking applications under the home initiative at the start of the month, the city says they have five proposed projects in the formal review process. The first phase of that ordinance does things like allow more units to be built on a single family lot and allow for tiny homes to count as one of those units. It does take quite a while to put together a set of plans. Some builders say there aren't more applications because of Austin's history with this man and his clients. Doug Becker has successfully sued the city over and over again over land development code changes. Some builders are worried even though the city made adjustments to avoid lawsuits moving forward, that Becker has something else up his sleeve. It's very risky to jump right into the new code where there is the chance that it might be held up in a lawsuit for a year or two. And so I think that's had a chilling effect. Becker and his clients successfully undid Austin's land development code rewrite, Code Next, and were most recently in court over several other changes aimed at affordability. They argued Austinites weren't properly notified and won. We reached out to Becker for this story and he told us, quote, we continue to monitor and study the city's actions. It's really frustrating. And because we've had so many um, lawsuits, there's a lot of builders I know that um, have decided to build outside the city limits because they're like, we, we don't have the same challenges 
for the same worries. Mayor Pro Tem Leslie Poole, who brought home forward, said the group behind the lawsuits don't reflect Austin's community values and added, quote, we will persist and are working to restore the programs this group opposes on upcoming council agendas. But for some, right now, the risk of a lawsuit is too big. You can't make money on it. You can't turn around and support your family. You can't support all of the trades that are working on it. Grace Reader, KXAN News. Austin has changed the way that it notifies landowners of land development code changes to try and avoid another lawsuit. It sent notifications citywide for these home changes and also held public meetings. Check this out. Lucky day for a horse named Lucky, although it didn't start out that way. The Los Angeles Fire Department rescued a horse that fell into a sinkhole in a backyard yesterday. Lucky and her owner were out on a ride, began sinking into the ground. The owner was able to escape, but the horse got trapped. And you can see they had a lot of firefighters involved on this. Uh, eventually, Lucky was able to get out. She got a little bath and did not have any injuries. But you see her there, white horse, sort of trapped. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, Kristen, they've had a ton of rain in that area. Yeah. No surprise that they're starting to have weird things happen with the earth opening up. For yeah. sure. Sinkholes, debris flows, mudslides. I mean, they're closing interstates, unfortunately, left and right, which, uh, as you can mm. imagine, in the Los Angeles area is a bit of a problem. <laughs> yeah. Right? Just a little bit, right? Yeah. It'd be a problem most places if the interstate got <laughs> shut down. Yeah, yeah, but especially in the L.A. area. Not not a, a nightmare I wish to see ever, but I am so glad. Lucky the horse got out of there. Hey, what's going on with your weather here at home? Y'all get ready for some springtime warmth. It is going to feel ridiculously nice today. We've got clouds and radar showing at this point just some clouds. We're not going to anticipate anything in the way of meaningful rain. Could you squeeze out one or two little raindrops from those low morning clouds? Sure, but it's nothing that you'll be able to measure. Whittlesea Landscape Supplies wet the camera there in Granite Shoals giving us that view. 65 degrees this morning. Our temperatures are about one to two degrees within what we should be looking at as far as afternoon highs go in a normal February day. Everybody's in the 50s and 60s. I'm not seeing any widespread fog issues. I'll watch it closely though. You'll notice the temperatures are going to have no problems as far as the warm up goes, even with the morning cloud cover. In fact, those morning clouds disappear. We're on our way to a high of 87 degrees today. It is the end of February. We should not be this warm. So take advantage of the very comfortable temperatures we will see across all of Central Texas today. I mean, I'm anticipating almost everybody to be between about 80 and 88 degrees this afternoon underneath that sunny sky. Now, the thing about today is there's actually going to be a dry line and a cold front coming through. So what that means is the winds are likely going to be elevated and stay on the elevated side here through the day. The dry line comes first. This is lunchtime. You'll notice those winds out of the west northwest gusting to about 20 to 25 miles per hour. Then we get into this evening and you'll notice more of a northerly wind. That's the cold front. So dry line, then a cold front. All that means is the winds will stay between about 20 to 25 miles per hour, but they'll shift directions coming more from the west initially and then more out of the north later on tonight. Wildfire danger. 
high in the hill country. That's the one downside of today is that dry line brings in much drier air, right? And the fact that the wind speeds are going to be a problem at times means we have a recipe for a not great situation if a wildfire were to break out. So we're trying to mitigate that if. Please make sure you're doing everything you can to be mindful of what you're doing outside, right? That means not throwing out cigarette butts when you're driving, not parking on dry grass, things like that, not dragging chains. High pressure is in control, so we're not anticipating rain anytime soon. In fact, our temperatures, although a little cooler tomorrow into Saturday behind the front as that cooler air catches up, it's not going to mean any sort of drop in temperature significant enough to need your jacket again, and you're not going to need the raincoat either. So short sleeve kind of weather for the next six to seven afternoons. Y'all, seven day forecast shows 87 today. Here's what I'm talking about. Yes, it's cooler tomorrow and Saturday in those mid to upper 70s, but who are we to complain, right? We should be in the 60s this time of year. 80s get back in here on Sunday. We'll take those 80s into the start of next week. Another cold front comes in on Wednesday of next week, drops us back down to the 70s again. Right now, not seeing any impressive rainfall outlooks here. So we'll go with dry skies for the moment. And you're noticing your overnight lows well above freezing for the next six to seven nights. Kristen, thank you. A community northeast of Houston is remembering an 11-year-old girl who died. Audrey Cunningham's body was found in the Trinity River near, the Houston, near Houston earlier this week. And last night, people in the Livingston, Texas area gathered for a candlelight vigil, many wearing purple to honor the little girl. A family friend is now charged with capital murder in the case. Investigators say 42-year-old Don Stephen McDougal was supposed to drop Audrey off at the school bus stop, but she never made it. Authorities say her body was then found tied to a large rock underwater. The families involved in a case that captured national attention have resolved a civil lawsuit. The parents of Gabby Petito reached an agreement with Brian Laundrie's parents. Investigators say Petito died in 2021 while on a cross-country road trip with Laundrie. That lawsuit claimed Laundrie admitted to his parents that he killed Petito before he returned home from that trip. They also claim that by not coming forward during the searches for Petito and Laundry, that Laundry's parents acted with malice or great indifference to the rights of Petito's parents. The terms of that agreement have not been made public. Well, you may get some of your student loan debt canceled. Good news this morning. The Biden administration is canceling $1.2 billion in student debt for more than 150,000 borrowers. This phase of saving on a valuable education plan comes six months earlier than originally planned. And it'll help some borrowers who have been in repayment for a decade or longer and originally took out $12,000 or less. Under the SAVE plan, a borrower can receive forgiveness after an additional year of payments for every 1000 borrowed above the $12,000. The U.S. Department of Education says eligible borrowers will be receiving emails this week and do not need to take any further action to receive relief. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning to you. Another battle between Texas and Texas Tech, and this is the final scheduled matchup between the UT women and the Lady Raiders. 112th edition. Longhorns won easy in Lubbock 
earlier this season. Much different story last night for the Longhorns against a team with just five Big 12 wins. Early on, they jumped out to a nine-point lead. Then it became a battle. Taylor Jones had 15 of her 19 in the first half. Texas up by six. Jones with the steal. Giselle Amal with the run out for the layup. Horns only up four at the half, though. And Madison Booker spent a lot of the second half on the bench with fouls. And Texas Tech just kept knocking down threes. Kelly Mora gives Tech the lead at the end of the third until Shea Holly answers. So Texas up by two after three. Then the Longhorns start to dominate in the paint. Amina Muhammad, 16 points, 15 rebounds. Deanna Gaston, the and one, she had 12. Longhorns extend it to a seven-point lead. And then up by six, Shaley Gonzalez, the three. They only hit three from beyond the arc. Then Krista Gerlich gets a technical foul. Looks like Texas would pull away. Did not happen. Up nine, Jasmine Schaefer's gets the three on the kind bounce. She had 27. And Texas fouled on the play. Tech got the ball, scored. It was a five-point possession. Then the Longhorns had to play keep away, hit free throws, and Madison Booker did just that. She hit 10 for 10 from the free throw line, scored 14. Longhorns survive by five. And well, Vic Schaefer less than thrilled with his team's effort. We're lucky we aren't learning the hard lesson tonight with a loss. And uh, in my mind, we deserve to lose. We didn't honor the game tonight. We didn't play hard. We were out there playing cool, going half tail. Um, and, and that's not, you know, that's not us. That's not my teams. That's not how we practice or prepare. And um, it just, it really bothers me, you know. So in my mind, we didn't earn the victory tonight. They do get it. They're 12 and 3, now tied with K State. Alone in second place, though two teams tied for second. Oklahoma a game up. Longhorns go to Central Florida Saturday, then at OU. Final regular season road game could be for a piece of the Big 12 regular season title. Back to you. Thanks, Roger. And for those listening on the KXAN Today podcast, thanks so much for joining us. Here is what else we're tracking at 5 on KXAN Today. The manslaughter trial of two former Williamson County deputies continues. The new details in the Javier Ambler case.